Welcome to the Sparrow Hangout, where we talk all things spearfishing, freediving, and foraging. We're three guys from Devon in the UK who are excited to share some of the learnings from our spearfishing journey with you over the coming episodes. We bring in some special guests along the way to help spread some in-depth spearing knowledge from some of the most experienced people in the scene. Good evening, lads. Evening. You guys all right? Glad to be back. Yeah, mate. It's just a bit sick, but I'm all good. Oh, sorry to hear that. Your internet's a bit shit tonight as well, isn't it? Oh, yeah. If I sound like a robot during this episode, <laughs> <why>. <laughs> dear, dear. I tell you what, there's, there's, there's people in Africa that got better internet than me, mate. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, hope you uh, get, get better soon. Hopefully it's not too serious. Yeah, no, I'm all good, mate. No worries. You boys, uh, no, I don't think anyone's been out of there with the shit weather. No, I don't. Have to. Oh, I went swimming, do, doing the fin swimming thing. Um, oh, you we, went again, did you? Yeah, that was pretty cool. It, like, much of the same, but more working on, like, placement of fins. Yeah. So that was quite, that was quite good, just thinking about making sure you're streamlined, et cetera, et cetera. Um, lots of, like, top tips that um, I'll probably have forgotten by next week. But... <laughs> <laughs> How'd you get on with the... It's, uh... it's good to get in the water. How'd you Sorry. get on with a number of kicks? Uh, did we do that again? Yeah, I think we did. I, I think we got... Um, I can't remember if we went all the way to the end of the pool or we were trying to do like a... I think it was more like a number of kicks, like how far we, we got with the number of kicks. Oh, I think cool. we, we did like five kicks or something like that and got, I don't know, 75% of the way to the end. So like, yeah, massive oh, yeah. improvement. So nice. yeah, yeah. So I certainly wasn't the best there. I was probably the worst again, but... um. Yeah, it's good to see some progression there, right? Absolutely. Also, awesome. I think I went out um little, little trip to, to our local just to have a little bit of swim around. And um yeah, we were get, getting out towards it was getting dark, we were swimming back, and um had someone called the Coast Guard on us because they could see torchlight coming in. Yeah, crazy, right? What? Uh, um no like I mean like I'll you fit like it. It's, it was it was nice in a way because they were obviously you know concerned for our safety, but we were just bobbing up and down just you know see see if we can stab any flatfish. What the coast guard rocked up? No, the coast guard didn't rock up. They managed to like cancel the the coast guard, but um, yeah, it's the first time I've had any you know interaction with that kind of thing. I think they could see our torchlight and. He, he was like shining his torchlight on on us, and I was shining it back. Like you know, we're okay. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> exactly. How are you? <laughs> um, but the Morse code obviously didn't translate. And uh, <laughs> I'm fine. You actually sent <laughs> fuck help. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, I told but, you. Yeah, boys, I, you I, the, I told you boys. Like the Coast Guard called me once. Like you did. No? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, person, yeah. Might have. yeah. And then, like the full-on RNLI turned up right next to us. He's going like doing this to me, yeah, which is mad. It's um like if anyone's wondering, it's like uh, one hand sort of half on our McDonald's archway, basically. And uh, the okay, I, yeah. And I was like, "Well, it's are you okay?" And I was like, looking at my brother, thinking, "Is it that way?" Or actually, is it two? I can't remember. Either way, it was like a McDonald's archway. And I was saying to my brother, "Does he want to know if we want McDonald's or what? What the fuck's going on?" Here? <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Um, and obviously back then I didn't know and now I know he was asking if we're okay but yeah so anyway that was an experience but yeah it's um it's 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 yeah it's odd when you're out there and someone calls Coast Guard on you but it's nice to know someone's yeah. looking out right mm. yeah it is yeah I felt really bad because obviously you don't want 
the Coast Guard having to make the effort yeah. to come and check on you. But flip side yeah. is it was kind of nice that, you know, he obviously cared enough to, to do that. I don't know what yeah. the, the right um right protocol is. I mean, do you do you not try and morse code them with your torch? What's the uh how oh. how do you signal you're okay? I don't know. I but, don't know. Uh, it's, um, ignore them. Very difficult. Well, yeah. Very difficult. I mean, I even messaged um, the the RNLI after the actual station that came out to us, and, and I said to them like, you know, how do we prevent this from happening in the future? Like, do I just ring you and tell you we're going out? Like, what's what's the crack? Because uh, we were a fair way off, right? And it was like, you know, it wasn't scary, but like, it was a fair way out. Yeah. And uh, he he just said, well, no, if anyone calls us, they'll come out regardless. It doesn't matter if you tell them you're out there or not. Yeah. So. I don't think there's really any way around it, to be honest. Yeah. No, I've got a load of friends um, locally to me in Dawlish um, that are R&LI volunteers. And yeah, they're they're awesome people. And some of the stuff that they go and actually, you know, the the, the times that they are needed and they do get there, um, they're an amazing service. And I don't, well, I would say, underfunded i don't think they're funded at all i think it's purely no, from it's purely public donations, donations yeah, yeah, yeah which is absolutely yeah, yeah. fucking mind-blowing i think our most <laughs> local for devon the lo- most local coast guard actual government funded coast guard is in fucking wales wow like, i'm not even joking um the coast guard helicopter i'm pretty sure comes from cardiff um doesn't take him long you know he hasn't really got much traffic but it's still <laughs> The RNLI, it should be funded um, government-wise, but uh, no, it's great. Any other news? Bass season, obviously we said in, yeah. I think a couple of po- a podcasts ago, opened up on the first. Have you guys seen the new changes for next year? Well, I just um, I just saw that yesterday. Mate. I was a bit confused by all really. I don't know uh, if you guys know it 100%. I'd be confused. Yeah, so my understanding is that right now, bass are legal because we're on the old rules but when we come round again you are able to spear them in december and january and then the off season is just february and march is that correct right? yeah. correct yes so on the in the initial email that was sent out there was confusion um because there was a change in the commercial um side of bass fishing or the bycatch of bass, um, and it wasn't moved over to the recreational side. The, on the Devon and Seven um, IFCA website, it now states that the 2023 season is April to the end of January, but the 2023 season has already started. So the 2023 to 2024 season will end on the 31st of January. Um, there will then be february march closed so two months of close season with 2024 the first of april being the new bass season so there won't be any bass in march not that we've seen any i don't think so far anyway but um, i was going to say if if we think back a few episodes to when we had the scientists on he, he the marine biologist he was saying that they think that we had it wrong when the fish were actually breeding much later than the closed season so mm. i think i think it's a good thing oh god yeah i, th- I think and yeah they're, they're obviously yeah. doing their research and um yeah and lots of people are involved um and hopefully soon enough the, well very soon the bsa is going to be involved as well so we should be able to bring you even more information um yeah great live stuff on the bsa membership renewals they've opened 
So they've yep. opened slightly early for next year. So the 2023-24 season for the BSA renewals has opened up. So you can renew your membership with them if you wish. Yep. And all the events are now listed on the website uh, with details to be added soon. Yes. I've got a lot of those details, so I need to give you them. But uh, yeah, Let's get we'll, it done. Uh, yep. we'll get them updated. This week we go on uh, one of our good mates, aren't we? Yes. Yeah, Fucking Aquaman. Liability. <laughs> Now, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Taj Aslan, really, really, really competent diver. Um, again, a fucking liability, but um, an absolutely, <laughs> he's not that bad, is he? That's only one time, right? Yeah, Maybe a couple of times. <laughs> I've only been big headed once, and now you call me big headed all the time. So <laughs> that's true, it's <laughs> not all we call you. And also, was this about <laughs> supposedly? Um, I'm now. Uh, what was it you guys were talking about last episode? Jeremy Not, Clarkson. I was, I was just about to say Graham Norton. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like, I hope you aren't calling me Graham Norton. Yeah, Jeremy Clarkson. What's that about? Oh, one of the listeners messaged me and just said that uh, I should nickname you Jeremy Clarkson because you're a blabbering idiot. <laughs> I thought it was absolutely fair. <laughs> I thought it was highly amusing to be fair. <laughs> Absolutely fair. Yeah. Uh, Have you I've guys thought... watched that um that farming yeah. thing? Yeah, oh my man. god, it's so good, Ben. Is it? It's really, really, really funny. If 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 you kind of have any form of like for Clarkson, it's really good. I used to love Top Gear. It's never you should, you should watch without his, them. You Not that he's like Clarkson's farm. Yeah, he's a bit of a knob, isn't he? But he's <laughs> he's quite funny. Yeah, he's a personality. That's why at least, at least he's not fucking well. <laughs> <laughs> right but here. that's why we have him, sir. So. <laughs> There's even more drama coming soon, so watch this space. Mm. But um, I won't go into that. That's more local club drama, but never mind. Let's get Taj on. Uh, let's, do let's do it. Hey, Taj, how's it going? Hello, gents. How are you? Hey, hey. everything's all right. Welcome onto the pod. It's uh, hey, it's uh, it's been a minute. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's, it's it's. I think it's going to be a bloody good podcast, considering how well we know you. Um, oh yeah, yeah. You are very, very lucky uh, because you get me ripping the shit out of you for the next hour. So. <laughs> you know what? I've been looking forward to this, and uh, oh, looking forward to. Attack back. <laughs> oh, please do. Please do. Oh. I think there's been a few guests. Um, the last episode was with the, uh, there was two guys that run the National Freshwater um, Spearfishing Association over in the US. And uh, they got away with it lightly because I was not around. So, um, but yeah, Taj, introduce yourself. Oh, yeah, I, I, um, I saw that one. I saw that one. Tell us, tell us who you are. Tell us where you're from. Tell us what you're about and what you do. My name is Taj. Um, I'm known on Instagram as Subsea Hunter. Well, I'm not really known. I've got 200 followers, so yeah. <laughs> but uh, you're getting there. <laughs> yeah, getting there slowly. I'm kind of new to the British scene of uh, spearfishing, so uh, you're the first guys that I met here and actually went out with. So that was that was quite awesome. And until now, we've got you know good friendship. Uh, sometimes I have some banter. But yeah, I'm just uh, a man who loves the world of spearfishing and diving. Um, I've dived in many places uh, around the world. Well, not too many, but you know, a few. 
Um, but yeah, I'm just looking forward to joining the Spearfishing Society in the UK. I've only been diving here since last summer, so it's been less than 10 dives, to be honest. But I've met really cool people and you guys initially. Nice. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> so you say um, you've only been diving sort of in the UK since summer. Have, have you dove elsewhere before? How long have you been sort of spearfishing? So so I started, I've been spearfishing since I was 17 to 18 years old. So it was that summer when I turned 18 that I started spearfishing. And um, and so by the looks that, of you and for those that are listening that can't see a photo of you or anything, that's about two years because you look about 20, right? <laughs> I'm, 20, you know, I'm 29. I'm 30 this year. I'm 30 this year. So it's roughly 12 years now. Um, for all the boys and girls listening, yeah. Taj is... Uh, a very beautiful man, Un- unlike <laughs> Richard. Um, but yeah, uh, man, Tar- we, we, we call Taj Aquaman not just because he can hold his breath for so fucking long, but because he uh, he's, he's one of these golden boys that comes out of the water, like you know, <laughs> <around> <laughs> and- come out, flick the hair, do the hair, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it, got that sheen. <laughs> fish i got some nice fish today <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but that's me yeah um just uh love the sport love uh, meeting people and looking forward to get an, to, to get to know a lot of people in the spearfishing community in the uk uh, not a lot of people know me but slowly you know i'm i'm i love meeting new people diving with new people just you know experiencing it more so nice. even though it's absolutely cold here and i've never dived in a such a cold place but yeah it's it's a good challenge i love the challenge so sorry i interrupted a second ago but um you were saying that you've been diving since you were sort of 17 18 where was yeah. that so i initially started so my entire life i was fishing so my dad he told me since i was a young kid how to fish rod fish you know the typical the usual uh how to cast and stuff like that um and then i slowly got into cage like cage uh setting up cages and for for, for crabs for fish uh, octopus and just slowly you know started uh, loving it more and getting into you know more advanced ways of and harder ways of uh, fishing to be honest but i was always a good swimmer so um i was always my dad kind to be honest he used to force me train do laps freestyle in the swimming pool and you can't start your day unless you start doing your laps first so um he was a bit harsh but it's all worth it mate it's all worth it and yeah after loving diving and uh, i used to love you know always challenge my brothers when i was a kid like who's going to get the sand who's uh, go down deeper stuff like that so always loved it and suddenly when i was like 18 years old i had seen a couple videos online um i think it was youtube from what i remember and um I lived back then I was in Lebanon, so the Mediterranean. So we lived in like a resort and uh, I saw a spear fisherman coming out of the water, like just to uh, show in his fish. Um, now back then I highly doubt he caught them <laughs> because after I gained some experience, I was like, those fish, you definitely got them from a net and stole them from somewhere. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, he came up and he was trying to sell his fish and that's it. I, put it in my head I was like I need to get a gun 
So, um, yeah, I kind of begged my dad for two months for him to get me a gun. And eventually I got a 50 centimeter spear gun and just started my journey. Um, Christ, that's small for the yeah. Mediterranean, isn't it? Yeah, that's really small. So I, I started just, you know, three to five meters, um, just diving holes um, uh, in the reef uh, between boulders, stuff like that, looking for fish between the rocks and stuff. And, it, you know, just doing that for a few years. And slowly I just started going deeper and deeper and just, I was like, okay, it's time to put that 50 centimeter spear gun away, get something better. Um, Cause the fish there, you know, the, the harsh, the environment is harsh in the Mediterranean. So, All right. but I'll tell well, you what's what. It like in the, um, in the three to five meter range in the Mediterranean, cause like we, we hear like mixed reviews, like in some places it seems to be quite productive in other places, quite the opposite. What kind of fish were you catching? And was it like a, yeah. a done deal when you, as soon as you got in the water, you were going to catch something? No, to be honest, there's a lot of days in the Mediterranean when you, where you go in and you don't get anything, you know, it's like anywhere. But over there, it's even harsher because the fish are more skittish. Um, yeah. You have fish that go deeper, and in certain seasons, they they're just you know they're just really hard to get. Especially the bigger they are, the the harder they are to get. Like grouper, for example, you know, gold batch grouper, um, uh, dusky dusk groupers and stuff like that you know they're just really hard to get um when they grow bigger over there that was my experience in lebanon um but most of the fish that i used to get with that 50 centimeter gun was sargos um, mullet um now and again catch a sea bass get a sea bass in but the smaller ones um and yeah and you know sargo uh you know sea bream you can call it it's a type of sea bream. Um, you, they, they do like holes a lot, and you also can find them outside holes. So um, it was it was good for my fifty centimeter spear gun too, because I was doing hole diving a lot. So um, used to get a lot of them, um, and now and again some groupers, smaller ones, used to catch them between the rocks and the reef. Uh, you know. Uh, patchy areas like sand and that's what they love so we used to yeah i used to get i, I caught a lot of fish with that gun i'm not gonna lie and in, in the mm -hmm. mediterranean obviously not as big as i wanted the fish to be but that's why i had to upgrade after some time you know because i was missing a lot of fish yeah just out of your um, range yeah just thicker spear uh short spears short gun and uh yeah it's just it's like a one meter range to be honest <laughs> mm. so it's it, you, it's really difficult when I started. Um, and but yeah, since you've come over here, what it, what's the difference in sort of say hunting technique? Is is the Mediterranean a little bit more active or the opposite? Is it like you lie on the bottom and stay still? So, like I said, obviously I started shallow. So slowly I got a bigger gun, better equipment, proper flippers, fins, uh, wetsuit. So I started. Now, I don't recommend this, but I was diving alone a lot. I didn't have friends who used to do spearfishing, so it was just me. So I used to go out a lot by myself. And I started seeing the types of fish I can get, and I started getting them when I went out deeper, experienced more areas, studied areas, and you know, better equipment, you're eventually going to get better fish. But in the Mediterranean, it's really difficult. The reason is there's a lot of spiros, there's a lot of divers, there's a lot of nets, 
So fish see and they encounter a lot of human beings. Mm. And like, let's say a grouper, if a grouper sees a human being and you, sh you, you shoot at it and you miss it, because obviously they're really fast, they kind of flick, you know, and, and you miss the shot a lot, unless you have a really fast, you know, launch and you're kind of close to them. That fish is going to remember it. It's going to remember that it encountered that human being. So it just becomes more skittish with, with time, you know, and uh, that makes it way harder. And you've got a fish like um, Dentex. Um, I have had a few of them, uh, nothing too big. Um, they're really skittish, really, really, really skittish mm -hmm. in the Mediterranean, especially in Lebanon, because um, they're overfishing there a lot. There's no rules over there. It's kind of, you know, it's a bit fucked up. I don't know if you can swear here, but yeah. <laughs> yeah she um, fucking can. <laughs> yeah, she fucking can. Perfect. Yeah. So um yeah, it's it's they use dynamites over there. Uh, I don't know if you've no heard of that method before. Yes, fishing. So they throw a dynamite and they use poison. So what? they do that in Lebanon a lot. There's no regulate. Obviously, it's against the law, but you can pay out the law. So um, they use dynamites. What they do is they, and actually a lot of people have lost their hands doing that. Like dynamite just explodes in their hand before they throw it in the water. I don't want to say good, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. It's quite bad. And that, that affects the fish stock, affects the quality of the fish, the, the you know, the, uh, the livelihood of a fish growing. Because mm. when you throw a dynamite and it explodes, it kills everything in that area and it causes that shock. And tiny, tiny baby fish just die everywhere. And, and mm. they just, eventually the fish float after it goes off. And the small fish are left. They just take the good-sized fish. And if you have a school, you can imagine if you, if you um, chase after a school in a boat and you throw a dynamite, you're going to kill the entire school of fish. So it's uh, quite bad. Well, I'm glad that you haven't brought any dynamite on my boat yet. No, 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 not yet. No, I was the day that I see you getting on with some red sticks strapped in your weight belt, then we're going to have a to have a conversation. I know, and and they also use another method, which is poison. They put in bait. They use poison rat poison, and the fish come and eat the bait. Obviously, they get poisoned, but with that method, it's quite dangerous. And the problem is, they sell it to the public. Mm. They need to they need to gut the fish straight away or it might process some of that poison. Look, guys, I'm not a scientist, I'm not a biologist, I'm not a, in any way a professional free diver or anything, but that's what they say, you know. So everything that's being said here, it's just my experience, right? So yeah, yeah, they, yeah. It, they need to gut it quickly, otherwise the poison, you know, can get in the system. And yeah, uh, you, you can imagine if there's if it's not regulated how many of those of those fish is sold to the public you know mm, mm. so so how are you finding it here then well um here it's a bit it's amazing to be honest it's really good um now there's not that variety of fish like mm. in the mediterranean from my experience so far um you've got way more variety um it's more regulated you've got the proper bodies that are monitoring fishing I mean, still, some people get away with bullshit, but in general, the, like when I when I dived and I saw the shoals of sea bass, I'm like shocked, like because I never see shoals like that in the Mediterranean of uh, sea bass. Like I've mm. seen sea bass, I've shot, I've speared sea bass, but first of all, the sizes are completely different, and you rarely get that size in uh, in the Medi Mediterranean unless you're in like 
I don't know, Spain, um, mm. places like that where it's monitored too and it's regulated. But where I was in Lebanon, um, it was quite, yeah, uh, quite absurd, really. And uh, the sizes aren't as great as other places in the Mediterranean. It's just because it's not monitored and regulated, you know. Mm. Mm. But it's well, an amazing I mean, place to dive. Since well, we've been diving with you, we've seen you uh, catch some pretty decent pollock and some pretty decent bass. Yeah, I mean, for, for the amount, you know what? Um, when you when you start your diving career, let's say in the Mediterranean, you can't go wrong anywhere else. Like you, you're learning in the harshest environment. You're learning how to be silent, how to relax, how to lower your heart rate. Because in the Mediterranean, if you're moving up on the surface, if you're swimming, right, just going from area to area, scanning the bottom, like. At 15 meters, a fish can can swim away if it sees you, or if you make some noise, or if you you know um, cause a splash or something. You know, fish can they sense it over there. And mm. uh, oops, to the hole. You mm. know, if you, if it's a nice grouper, um, it's happened so many times. So yeah, fish. It, it's really difficult, and you need the range on your gun. You can't be spearing like here in the UK with a 75 centimeter spear gun with one rubber. Taj is the only person I know that turns up to a dive in the UK with a bloody 120 uh, centimetre roller. <laughs> Double roller, probably, actually. Uh, yeah. Inverted roller. Inverted, inverted roller, roller yeah, so, yeah. And, and it so goes and the shoots tiny pollock with it. Thread <laughs> in the, the eye of the needle. <laughs> the story behind that is before... So, I, so I've got a 105 centimetre um, Pathos uh, sniper roller and i've got a cressy i forgot what it's called but it's really old i had it for eight years and i left them in lebanon i just didn't have enough space to bring them with me and when i came to the uk i never thought there was such a thing as spearfishing in the uk i never expected it and i've never heard of it so although my mum is from the uk and i was born here but i've never lived in the uk for, for a few years in a row you know but slowly I, I came across facebook like spearfishing uk i was like what and i had already ordered guns that are really big for places where i spearfished before like kuwait dubai martinique the caribbean atlantic so places like that where you need 120 and 140 spear gun so those were the guns that i had available unfortunately mm. and by the time i got a, i bought my c4 mr carbon 2.0 um, because I needed it here, but I will never go less than 105 centimeters. I'm just so used to that size of guns and mm. I just love it, uh, you know. And wh when you shoot with a 110, like it's just for me, it's the perfect size of gun for all occasions. Wherever you are in the world, you can get fish with that. So, yeah, I went and I bought one, and finally, I'm diving with a 100, and I think it's 105. The, the, the I'll, tell you, I'll tell carbon. you a story, right? When I uh, first met Taj. So me, him, and Lawrence went for a dive. And then this is when Lawrence had just finished building his first wooden gun. And uh, I think in the car park. He pulls out <laughs> this massive inverted roller. And then Lawrence pulls out this massive homemade wooden gun. And there's me with a 75. I've never felt so inadequate in my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? The, the gun that I pulled out was the Orca V20, uh, V120. 
And I just got it because I was planning on going to Martinique then. And I got the new gun and I had to try it. And I'm already in the UK, so you may as well try it, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, out of all those places that you were just listing then, you, you sound like, obviously, you're, you're a seasoned Spiro world, you know, internationally. What's your, what's your favorite place? Yeah. My favorite place for, for spearfishing. Mate, Kuwait was amazing. It's like I was working there. So I'm a civil engineer, so I was working on this uh, airport project. And I met someone randomly that's a Spiro there. That was, I think his contact was given to me by a friend in Lebanon. So I contacted the guy who was really nice, took me out. We went to the islands over there because it wasn't the, the rig season. So you've got a rig season, which is towards summer. So we went out to the islands, which was Spanish mackerel season. Uh, sorry. Yeah, Spanish mackerel season or kingfish. Depends where you are in the world, what you call it. Mm. And man it was crazy like the schools of mackerels that come on top of you and the thing is over there it's mostly murky so you don't even see them on the way down you reach oh, nice. the bottom you wait and i've got videos of me going down to the bottom and you can actually see the fish in the camera mm. but i i had i was clueless that they were there and then when i reached the bottom they, they're still hanging about and you just pick and choose mate and huge sizes like 10 oh. plus kg when you say murky, what's the viz and what sort of depth? So when I, most of, on average, when I was diving there, um, there's an island called Kubbar Island. If there's anyone watching from Kuwait, they know it. It's famous for Spanish mackerel. And the depths we were diving was between 10 and 25 meters. Oh, okay, cool. So, but mostly from my experience there and my dives there, um, the fish was sitting at 15 comfortably. You know, the, the, there was a lot of mackerel at 15 to 20 meters, a lot. And what you do is that it's too murky. You, don't, you can't even see the bottom at 15 meters, you know. And you've right. got some days that are good, but and there are different islands where the visibility is better, but they're not that well known for Spanish mackerel. Um, but yeah, you can't see the bottom. So imagine you're diving down murky waters, visibility like, two meters, three meters. And you reach the bottom and suddenly you see a glimpse of a fish in the distance. And, and mm -hmm. I've shot fish that I've only seen the tail from the back. I've seen the tail and I'm like, is that a barracuda or is it Spanish mackerel? Because they've got big barracudas. So I'm like, do I shoot or not? And then I'm like, I just shoot in front of the tail. So I'm like, I kind of imagine the fish shape and mm. I just shoot and I get the fish. Nice. It's crazy. It's amazing. Like, uh, nice, and uh, yeah. I'm not sure. Ben, you might know this. Um, so, or well, Taj, you might know it. Um, Spanish mackerel are they pelagic? Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. Are so, pelagic. is is that the kind of thing that you've got to fish for off of a charter boat, or is it something you can shore dive for? Or so you can shore dive, but the visibility is terrible. Um, there are places you can shore dive, but they are well known to be out in the islands uh, around the islands that are in Kuwait. And also rig season, you can find them around the rigs. Um, what's what's rig yeah, they, season? I think it's from May to like the end of summer, September, kind but of. What, that, what, that what, time. what does if it I, if mean? I'm not mistaken, when, you say, when you say rigs, do you mean like what, what, uh, oil what rigs? Mean? So oil oh, rigs. I see. As in, like when they're yeah, when, yeah, yeah. 
They call it rig season because to... it's like spearfishing in rig season, which is oh, when you I can see. go. That's that's when there's a lot of fish on the rigs. It, right, they kind right. of come when the temperature goes up yep. towards summer. So uh, yeah, like oil rigs. Yeah. Oh, and, nice. Uh, and unfortunately, I haven't dived uh, there because whenever summer came, I had something to do, so I wasn't able to dive there. So I was diving in the end of winter for Spanish mackerel on the islands and different other species. Nice. What yeah. was it like? Because obviously the Mediterranean is generally, the visit's pretty good, you know, sometimes 15, 20 metres. And then oh, all yeah. of a sudden you're diving in like 20 metres deep, like the same kind of depth, but only two metres. That's quite a, like a, a, a something to get your, your mind around. I've, yeah, I always yeah. found it, you know, I, I, you know, I've only started like a couple of years ago, but in my first year, diving somewhere where I couldn't see the bottom was actually a real like, weird thing for me i think i'm kind of getting over it now but i, I still find it a little bit yeah it's it's, it's a really odd you feeling know, it's really weird because especially when you're at deeper locations like let's say you're at 20 meters you can't see the bottom you're like when am i going to reach the bottom it's so mm. annoying when you can't yeah. see the bottom and you can't anticipate when you're going to reach it so suddenly i'd be swimming and and you know as you go deeper the the pressure increases so you go down a little bit faster so suddenly you see the sand and like you're like oh shit you know you you kind of pause it like oh I reached the bottom I finally reached the bottom you know and, <laughs> you know uh, when you hit the bottom when you headbutt well, I was going to say not, not like uh, Ben he just goes full on headbutt <laughs> when I'm scalloping yeah <laughs> saw that one video, video didn't yeah. you I've got video of him headbutt the bottom of the sand <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's an it's it's an advantage when you have. Uh, murky waters in, mm. in, in some way like i think yeah. I've, in the mediterranean i've got most of my fish in murkier waters not so clear when it's so clear the fish see you from far away they mm. anticipate you coming down they see you from the surface so when it's a bit cloudy it's really advantageous um i, I mm. believe yeah those are my my perfect and dives and the most fish i've caught what was not in like absolute clear waters that's because, really interesting because like in the UK, mm. you hear a lot that a 75 is, a, is about right for the UK waters, maybe a 90 in Cornwall because it's, it's a little bit, you know, a bit clearer. clearer. Yeah. yeah, you're probably taking your 120 to Q8 and places like that. Yeah, in the so I kind had, of is. yeah, so I had my 120. Well, it's the, it's, it's, it says 120, but then if you buy a Rife gun, like I have a Rife Marauder, which is a 140 but it's the same length as the 120 that's the the, the orca so it depends if you measure it without the handle or with the handle or without the muzzle you know it depends so but yeah um to be honest it's really uh, i had friends that were diving with 110s and 100 in mm. kuwait because you don't need really a 120 unless you're on the rig you need that on the oil rigs because it's way clearer the waters are way clear clearer there and you've got more variety of fish Mm. so you need that long range gun but on the islands it's like it's literally like the uk a bit better visibility on some days but you can you you could just have a 100 centimeter gun and you'll do perfectly you know Mm. as long as you have a reel that's working and it's not gonna fail you and a big spanning is gonna take it away from you you're good but is that how you dive with a reel instead of a a float line i never dived uh, with a float line there but it is recommended. Have you ever but, dove with a float? 
Oh, are we going into the story now? Are we? I don't yeah, know. I reckon, so... I, reckon, I reckon we leave that for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, just to set the story straight for listeners, and um, Ben, I don't think you were there either. Going back to when you were saying about diving in murky water, to give you a yeah. bit of an insight into Taj's brain, um, there's me, Taj, and Rich on my boat in a, um, let's say, secret location that's very well known because it's on fucking Navionics. Um, and anyway, we go out about a mile offshore <laughs> um, to a wreck that I know and have dove myself. And as we're like 500 meters off, we see all the boys and it's been fucking netted. And it's like, oh, God's sake. Yeah. So it's like, oh, there's a waste of 15 minutes. Anyway, Taj is like, no, 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 no. I'll get in. And I'm like, huh? What? what? We're, in, we're in 15 meters, Taj. And there's nets there. Yeah, but there's fish on the fish finder. I look at Rich, it's like, <laughs> fine, we'll put him in for one. <laughs> and then, like, the viz was a meter. You were diving in 15, and it was just like, oh, my God, he's going to get caught in a fucking It was net. 18. It was 18. Oh, it was 18 because we were off yeah, the wreck. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, It was 18 because we were a bit further from the nets and that. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I only saw say... sand, and the visibility was one meter. I, I was literally say, just, just saw sand. Be... Yeah, I was going to say, clear it up. He didn't actually dive in the nets. He was next to them yeah. on the so, sand. <laughs> you know, that day I was really pissed because I'm like, that prick who freaking put that net around that wreck, like around the wreck, Yeah, like, that's a prick to me. Yeah. Like, you're selfish, mate, and you've got a net. Like, yeah. I know some especially that when that location, it, but, yeah. that, that location is also very well known for diving by the scuba lot. Um, yeah. And... <laughs> The second you put a net in, I mean scuba, you can you're probably a little bit safer diving near a net um, with scuba. Well, you know, you could effectively debatable, dive. Debatable, debatable. Well, I, I would say you've got I mean, a lot of equipment. You've got a lot yeah, of equipment. So yeah, it's still, but you've got a little bit know. more time. Um, true, true. You true. know, it's, it's yeah. yeah, you've got more equipment that could get tangled. But you've got if you, if you go down there and you get tangled in the first bit, you've got a bit more time to get untangled. But no, yeah. I mean, diving near nets is um, very much not advised. Don't do it, you fucking idiots. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm, I'm crazy sometimes, but when I have someone with me in the water, when I'm by myself, I've risked it, risked it so many times, which is not great. I don't advise it to anyone. Don't dive without a float. Don't dive alone. But I'm used to diving without a float. But here now, I'm always using a float. So I mean, you're my witnesses sometimes. <laughs> but, you're so you know full of the, shit. It's unreal. <laughs> you know what the problem is? I'm the, in Lebanon. The jet skis, when they see you with a float, they come over you and they start doing uh, freaking circles on your float. <laughs> They're doing donuts the around your float. That's why I never get a float in the Medi- in, in Lebanon. I'm not saying all the Mediterranean, but in Lebanon, never get a float, mate. You, you, you're better off hearing the boat swimming away from you yeah. and just get up then. Because if you have a float, jet skis are going to take the piss. Honestly, I've, I've, I've nearly died a few times. Like, Christ. it's crazy. Nice. It's absolutely crazy. So, but here, people are a bit more reasonable and they know a little bit what a float no, is. No, I don't know. But- even with that, sometimes, you know, some boats are, yeah, yeah. Uh, dangerous, you know. Same so. for jet skis here as well. They're hated by everyone. But um, getting back to your diving, I mean, one thing that we all are very much in awe of is your bloody breath hold. I mean, I, I, yeah. swear, you, I swear you take a tank down 
Because your breath hold, <laughs> even on like first couple of dives, is like, oh yeah, one minute 45, first dive of the day. It's like, fucking hell, there's a fish. How do you, I mean, how long did it take you to get to that? Um, we'll go, we'll go yeah. on to the breathing exercises later on, but yeah. did, did you just, is it, in, is it natural or have you trained hard for that? No, so, so I've always been athletic. So even now, I don't know if I'm going to get these numbers right. But I had a, at work, you, you get like an occupational health kind of test done to you. And the lady who did it, she was saying my my heartbeat was 42. I, mm. I don't know if I'm, but it was on the lower, lower part of like where it should be. She mm. was like, I was like, is that bad? Or she was like, no, but if you if it goes lower than that, you, there might be an issue like You're in the 30s dead. or something. But <laughs> so my, it seems, I don't know. It seems like my heart rate is really low and I don't need to, pump that blood too much to let my body work and 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 you know be active so it seems like when i'm resting my 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 heart rate is way below average mm. so that's something that comes with diving practicing and doing certain techniques now and also diving like a lot of people forget they try to find ways to you know increase their breath hold do training and that but there's nothing better than actually diving all the time and that's the problem with the uk maybe not a lot of people have those abilities because the weather's so bad so you mm. can't dive constantly you can't dive two three times a week you can't keep practicing and that's practice it's like any sport the more you dive the more you gain that ability the more you learn about fish the more you learn about this doesn't work this works experience you know you can learn so much from videos and stuff like that but if you don't try it out yourself and you monitor how you move how your limbs are you know, mm. you need to experience you, um, it yourself too. Do you think your body actually changes other than, you know, like the way it would in any athletic, you know, um, 100%. Like, I, I'm wondering if things like ears get, you know, more adjusted over time to 100%. You know, going, going through the so, depths. I'm wondering if lung capacity changes, like things like that. 100%. I'm, look, again, I'm not a biologist or a doctor or anything, but your lungs expand and the more they expand, the more you practice, the more they're going to, I think, grow and be able to intake more air. And it's the same with your ears with pressure. Like how do you progress in spearfishing and reach in deeper waters? Mm. You start at three meters. Why can you not go to five? Well, your ears are not adapted to that pressure. They're not adapted to those depths yet. So practice within that range plus mm. minus two meters. When you feel so comfortable in that range, then test yourself you know go deeper and, and and plus minus two meters plus minus three meters tolerance put on it and and then when you feel comfortable at that depth you'll know you'll know your body you know you everyone knows their body and when they're getting better it's just like the gym your weights start increasing slowly you know when you become comfortable at one weight you increase mm. it a bit you end up being comfortable at that weight you know mm. you know it's it's the same with any sport and so a second ago, you uh, obviously we, we know that you've only been over here since sort of, you know the last year or so. Um, and you said a second ago about how shit our weather is here versus the Mediterranean. What do you yeah. do then, considering obviously your, your your dive time and amount of diving must have reduced? How do you do dry training? What, what have you got anything you know special? So I hate it when I take a long time off diving. I hate it because I do. You know, you do fall behind with your numbers, your breath holds, your comfortability in the water, the depths you, you can reach. Mm. So for me, 
what I try and do is I try, so I love, I, there's one video on YouTube, you need to search it, everyone needs to pra- search it and, and practice it, just go through it, it's easy, it's not difficult. It's the Wim Hof uh, training method, and he's got a video that is just, it's like meditating. It's mm-hmm. like, it's its such a calm, nice video, he talks you through it, he tells you how to breathe, how to take it in your stomach first, up to your chest, fill out you know that and it's like a circle you breathe out you breathe in you know it's it's a really good technique that i use when if i've been off diving a long time or even when i'm diving i use it the night before or in the morning before i start my dive i just it's it's a 10 minute seven or 10 minute video and it it doesn't take much out of your time but it opens your lungs up before you dive it keeps your lungs open while you're not diving and um and you don't use that while diving do you no, you can't. No, 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 no. That's uh, no, you can't. You can't really. It's similar methods, you know. I mean, each person has their own way of of breathing in and breathing out and diving. But there are some commonalities that everyone needs to know, and it's just you need to take your time, be consistent, don't hyperventilate. Um, and the the other thing that I love doing and practicing is my CO two table and. O2 table, which is carbon dioxide, oxygen. Now, would you do you want me to elaborate on that a bit? Yeah, CO2. yeah, yeah. Go into it. Yeah, please. So the CO2 table is, I mean, again, I'm not professional, but this is what this is my experience. In the CO2 table, your breath hold stays steady. So it's hard to explain without having it, you know, and showing people. But in your CO2 table, your breath hold is steady. It's static, stays the same. Let's say one minute, one minute intervals. And then your breathing time starts decreasing at each stage. So let's say your rest you've time. got your rest time. Yeah. Oh, your, yeah. Your breathing time, rest time. Let's say surface time if you're, uh, if you're in the yep. water. So but I normally practice this outside the water. It's more recommended in a pool where you're in, a, you're in an environment where, you know, it's like in the sea, dive in. But it's, it's, it's just to allow your body to withstand higher levels of CO2, which means when you're diving, when you're at the bottom, when you're moving, when you're going down and kicking down, you do not, you can withstand those high levels of CO2 in your body. You end up, your body time ends up increasing automatically when you practice that, because what you're doing is in the table, you're keeping your breath hold the same your apnea, let's say, it's the same. But as you progress in the table, it starts decreasing. Let's say you had uh, your surface time as well, your breathing time, I'm going to say, is one minute, right? The next interval, it decreases to uh, 50 seconds. And then it decreases to 40. So what that does is your rest time keeps going less, but your uh, apnea is the same. So your CO2 levels are increasing in your body as you do Mm. that, but you're holding your breath for the same amount of time. And that just teaches your body that it's fine if you've got extra CO2 in you, it's okay. You can, you can do it. And as you keep practicing it, your, your ability to hold your breath more with high levels of CO2 increases and that that increases your bottom time, that tolerance. And, and while you're moving, while you're chasing fish, let's say you end up, staying longer times at the bottom and that's a good i really like the co2 table the o2 table it's the opposite your breath hold 
increases and your uh, your breathing time is static. So let's say one minute breathing time, it stays one minute, but on the other side, your breath hold, it increases from, let's say one minute first interval, then one minute and a half, one minute, two minutes, and it just increases. Mm. And that's kind of some of the methods that I use and they've helped me a lot, along with diving a lot and nice. just being in the water. We were talking about the Wim Hof method the other day, weren't we? Mm. And yeah, because uh, Taj is one who put me onto it, and then I put you boys onto it. Um, when I first did it, it gave me the weirdest tingling sensations, man. It was so good. Mm. <laughs> That's um, so true, mate. That's so true. <laughs> Every time I do it, I feel that. Every time I do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you really said a second ago, I felt bloody- the uh, the and it's like a circle. It's just yeah, like yeah, yeah, you yeah. have been watching him far too fucking much. Like a circle in <laughs> and out. out. <laughs> you can it's tell so I'm watching it, but... The first time I did it, I was laying in bed next to my missus, right? And she's just like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> but those tingles as well. I mean, I, I, with the Wim Hof method, I, I totally get the and again i'm not a biologist or doctor or you know a sports physician um but it's it's that purging your body of all of the carbon dioxide getting oxygen to parts of your body and your bloodstream that aren't used to having a hundred percent oxygenated blood and it's sort of it that's the tingle that you get it's because there's parts of your body that's going hang on I'm That's normally different. used to having yeah. like a certain percentage of carbon dioxide here. And all I'm getting is this exactly. gorgeous, fresh blood. But, and one thing that um, you were saying that I, I now want to do, and I want to start getting back into the bloody water is doing Wim Hof the night before, because that lung stretch. Um, and when we spoke to, was it Jack or Jake, um, the Paralympian? <laughs> And uh, just uh, Jack, ex- Jack getting is. your lungs expanded and exercising them and keeping them exercised um, as opposed to doing your muscle exercising because in the water, yeah. your muscles don't really do too much and you don't want them to do too much because you don't want to expend all your oxygen. But that that lung exercise, I'm looking forward to this summer. Yeah. And, uh, 100%. Tosh, and Tosh, you know I what got... the good thing is? Yeah, sorry. Sorry, Go for it. I was gonna say I've got a good I've got a good question for you, mate. Um, I was wondering this myself, right? So, like recently, you boys went out and you shot um, some nice goldfish and pollock, and uh, you, you what you're shooting them at twenty meters depth, right? Yeah. Uh, what well, the water temperature is pretty cold at the minute. So, what was that like diving that sort of temperatures that depth? To be honest, it was my hands and feet that were freezing, and but when I was outside the boat, they were freezing more than when I was in the water. And to be honest, from the excitement and just knowing that, okay, the fish are at that depth and I'm diving and every dive I'm seeing fish and I'm spearing fish, I forgot about the cold at the bottom. Like I know it's way colder, probably, I don't know, maybe two, three degrees less. Um, But I I didn't think about it at the bottom. I was just... Did you notice that your breath times like were shorter? Your breath times... I think they do 100%. Um, yeah. When you're uncomfortable in any way, that shortens your breath hold yeah. because mm. your body's not comfortable. You're tensing. When you get cold, you tense a lot. And when you tense a lot, you're using your muscles. So you're using oxygen. So Well, you're also, the, your, your, your muscles start shivering, don't they, when you're cold? This is vital. Exactly, exactly. And, and then you need to kind of tense to, so then you when your muscles to stop it. 
yeah yeah well when your muscles are shivering obviously they're using energy right so that's using more, uh, more oxygen so yeah yes yeah, yeah. um because yeah i was it's quite impressive really like to see someone diving that temperature at that depth it's uh quite odd Mm. Uh, yeah, I was just wondering honest. actually because um, mm. the Wim Hof method has three pillars on the website now breathing, <laughs> cold therapy, and, and commitment. Are you doing any like ice baths and stuff like that, Tosh, to get your body used to the, the cold? Or is that you're literally just doing the breathing part of the, the Wim Hof stuff? Mate, I hate, I hate having a cold shower, mate. <laughs> 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 mate, I've never done an ice bath. I've never been in one. I'd love to do it. I know it's got so many benefits. But I love my warm, hot baths. Yeah, it doesn't appeal um, to but, me either. <laughs> but it definitely helps. I can't say it doesn't. I've seen a lot of videos about it. Um, yeah. It definitely helps a lot. And um, it will definitely, you will build that tolerance to cold water with it. 100%, I, I love it. I love a cold shower, man. Last in the shower, cold after. I mean, it sucks to begin with, but you do feel bloody good. Sometimes I like it after the gym when I'm really yeah. warm and I'm just like, that's fine. I'm really warm now. I can do with a yeah. cold shower or I you know, slowly make I, it colder. I saw a post earlier. You know why they say that the cold water helps with the, uh, the control of um, like disease and everything else because the cold water um, stops inflammation within the body. So that's obviously why um, they get less like sicknesses and stuff like that. So they're just healthier in general. That's why they use the cold yeah. water. It's like when you had a hard gym workout, um, it's good for that because obviously it helps with inflammation. 100% because so, uh, it's a shock to the body too, isn't it? Your body's warm and then you get that shock of cold water. So yeah. it has definitely advantages. I'm not that, you know, I've not got much information on it. But from what I've seen, it's really good for you, for, like you said, for inflammation and uh, tendonitis and stuff like that, you know, pain in your body. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite good. So, But Wim Hof, if you noticed, when you hold your breath in the Wim Hof method, um, you actually hold it after you exhale. It's yeah. not when you inhale. Yeah. He makes you exhale. So you don't, you're like, it's completely the opposite of diving and diving you inhale and then you go down, but in Wim Hof, it's complete, the complete opposite. And yet you can do same numbers with breath hold. Yeah. It's weird, but I like it because it's the opposite of, and I, and I feel the benefits from it. I don't know exactly what the benefit of that is, but it, it, it's definitely when you breathe out, obviously you've got higher levels of CO2 in you. So then when you're holding your breath again, that's, that's also practice to, to, it, I practice it and, and I increase the time. So if you see Wim Hof, I think it's one, he starts with one minute for the first interval, yeah, yeah, yeah. then mm -hmm. one and a half, then one and a half again, and then the video ends. So sometimes I go for one, one and a half, one and a half minute breath holds, and then I increase it. I make it, I start with one and a half the next time, and then two minutes, two minutes. And slowly, if you increase that, that's how you progress and you end up holding your breath more. And it's the same with any type of practice. Even if you're doing your O2 or CO2 tables, you need to progress and increase those numbers. And that's how you get your body used to it. So again, it's the same like the gym. If you're using two kilograms on each uh, on bench press, uh, sorry, 20 kilograms on bench press, you need to be a pussy to put two, but yeah. <laughs> Oi. I can't lift two kilos. Fuck you. <laughs> so yeah, if you stay on the same weight, 
It's it's the, it, I think it's the same with anything. The same with fitness and losing weight and all of that. Yeah. You, you've yeah. got to put the effort in. Um, the information's out there, and I'm sure out of all of the podcasts we've done, there's more than enough information for people to listen to it. But Wim Hof is, is decent for dry training, or at least it's better than nothing. Um, I do it in my bed because mm. I can't go to the pool all the time. I do it while I'm lying down before I sleep. Like I'm, I'm, I'm just lying, put the cushions behind me, pillows. Well, one of the things back. that I think Wim Hof does say though is not to do it in a pool. Um, it's like that, that was my other question. For I've, me, I've seen that. I think. Yeah, don't do any form of breathwork training in anywhere near that isn't safe. So don't do it in a bath. Don't do it in a shower. Don't do it. One hundred percent. Don't um, do it, Anthony. Yeah, yeah, don't do it in me. Out, in case you pass out, he does something you, weird to you. I think you can do it in a pool, but you need to have someone with you, not when you're by yourself. Any any, any practice you do, if you're outside the water, just remember, you just breathe, you, suddenly you breathe in and you're good. But when you're mm-hmm. in the water, you black out, then you can't breathe in. So it, that's the danger. Tosh, that's the I was going to ask you, do you, are you doing a lot of um, like swimming and like just getting in the water a lot in the pool? I used to a lot. I've not in the recent few years, but I used to a lot. Swimming is actually, that was one of the things that are, you know, really important. I think it's better than any type of cardio, especially for divers. Swimming, first of all, you're in the environment, you're in the water and you're putting that stress on your body. You're putting that exercise in and your breathing is really limited because you need to bring your head up, put it back down straight away to gain that speed, put it back up and breathe a bit. So you're in constant uh, increased amount of CO2 in your, in your, in your body and, and, and you're working hard. That builds a tolerance. That, that, I think it translates to diving because diving is swimming too. And, you know, it's, it just translates into it and they're, they're connected. I think it's a good way of cardio. Yeah. If anyone likes swimming, you need to be a good swimmer to dive. You know, it's important. Yeah. Nice. I think nice. we've uh, we've covered pretty much everything to depth and breadth. I think uh, Ben. Well, the only thing that I was going to say, sorry to interject, but um, yeah, you're you're a deep what what we or I would class as a deep diver in the UK. Yeah. You know, we were saying a second ago that you did twenty meters in minus seventeen degrees, and <laughs> was, uh, where, was it your Mediterranean? sort of training that got you to that depth yeah how, how yeah. if someone's diving at 10 meters like you were saying a second ago you know adding two meters how do you get to 20 25 meters as i said progression so yeah. for me i was diving like i said when i started up to five meters only slowly i discovered new ground it's a bit deeper started diving there oh that's that that's not bad i've you know, I feel good at five, easy, go to 10, uh, not suddenly 10. I'm just, you know, saying mm. what you're comfortable with. You need to listen to your body. Like you need to also, there's something really important. A lot of people forget your movement affects like how deep you can go, because if you're moving too much on the surface, if your duck dive is not great, if you're not like having flat um, feet on the surface with your fins on, that's going to make you exert more energy to go down. You're not using the full capacity of the fins and your, your muscles. Um, being anxious, moving too much, uh, having water resistance as on your way down. Like if your gun's just, 
I see a lot of divers here. I've noticed it so much that, and actually even professional divers do it sometimes. And sometimes you just forget. Your gun's like in front of you. And then as you're going down, it's, 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 it's resisting the water, that you, your descent, you know, it's resisting it. And you've got your head positioning. If you put your head up, it's going to cause more resistance. That means more energy exerted, uh, more oxygen used. So your breath hold is going to be less as you use that oxygen, that energy as you're mm. going down. So that's something you really need to practice, which will allow you to be comfortable at holding your breath deeper and holding your breath more, you know, mm. in certain areas. But the, the, to answer your question in the Mediterranean, you have to dive deeper or you won't find those nice prized fish. Yeah. Like uh, I was diving 30 meters a lot, you know, like 25 to 30 meters. I wouldn't say a lot at 30 a few times because, um, as I said, most of the time it's by myself. The only times I've done it is when I had people mm. with me. Mm. But 22, 23, that's common. Like up to 25, I was doing it even by myself, which I do not recommend. Do not do that. But again, um, you have to do that to find bigger fish. Nice. I've never tried I've never tried more than 30 meters. I know I can 100% um, because I think one of my dives at 30, it was two minutes, 30 seconds or 34 seconds, something Jesus like that fuck. breath hold. So, but that was when I'm diving three times a week two three times a week practicing you know so i could never do that right now you do realize that it's illegal to dive with uh scuba equipment and i think we should now classify your lungs <laughs> as scuba tanks because it's not fair but I, th I think um thanks for answering that but i think ben's yeah. got a bit of a bone to pick with you I was, just, okay. I was just wondering you were saying you dive with floats all the time in the uk it's not entirely true hey is it <laughs> <laughs> listen ben your situation was you know a bit out of the book <laughs> it, it, it was a bit so because it, it wasn't um just, so it was the first time i think i'd met you touch wasn't it and um yeah, yeah. we're also diving with a guy from uh australia I, I forget his name but um it, yeah. richard kind of set up this dive and then ditched me with you two <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh we'd all set off from, from the beach together it was, it was all great I mean, obviously you, you guys are lovely and um looking forward to getting some fish and I'm quite a conscientious diver. I like to think I am. I'm, I, do, I think in the UK, we we don't dive like right next to each other. Let's let's be honest. We probably should be. But I am always looking around to see like where, where my buddies are. And yeah. um, I, I kept my eye on you. You could see, see where you are. Now, I know you had a, because uh, I didn't dive with you on the uh, the event where they called you Aqu Aquaman. But I knew you had a, a pretty good um, breath hold, etc. So I was expecting you to be down for a long time. Yeah. And we got probably further out from the speech than I'd, I'd ever dived, I think. And I was looking around, I was thinking, I've got no idea where this guy is. He's just gone down and he's not come back. <laughs> and I went over to our Aussie mate and he was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what are we supposed to do? Like, we're in the middle of the ocean. It was a good probably 10-minute swim. Anthony, you were coming down a little bit later, weren't you? Oh, was that that uh, day? It was that oh, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That day, yeah. And I was like, oh, God, like, I feel a little bit responsible here. I mean, obviously, you feel responsible, right? So I, yeah, I'm going to have to – I was like, I was going to have to swim back to shore and, like, 
I don't know, call the Coast Guard or something. Luckily, uh, actually, no, the next bit of the story is Auntie was coming down down the, the beach towards me. It was like, hello, mate, how are you doing? Like, you know, we have a nice, nice little <laughs> chat. I was like, mate, sorry, I, I can't think. Like, we've got to find this guy. He's he's actually gone missing. Um, yeah. And luckily, we'd come with someone who, I think it was your mate, Anthony, who had a drone. Yeah, Adam, Adam Mazowski. Yeah. He yeah. was uh, yeah, a guy that filming. I used to work with at uh, Citroen, one of the sales dealerships. And yeah, yeah, he was on holiday with one of his DJI drone things. And, and luckily, after it took, it took a little bit of time, to be fair, but it's like, mate, do you think you could put the drone up and just do a little scan of the ocean? He's probably near the other guy. And he's, we're looking on this tiny little screen for two two dots in the ocean. Because <laughs> um, I think you caught up with, with the other guy in the end. Anyway, we found you on the drone and, um, you know, stand down. And you, you know what? Need... About, you know, in that story, I, yeah. I, um, I had eyes on you all the time. I knew. Did you? I, yeah. Like, Did you see me I coming back to the shore were... and not wonder, like, what the fuck I Because I, I, I had eyes on the Australian guy who was still in the water. So ah. to me, if, if I can see someone, that's it. Like, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm good. And also, I'm used to, like, if people get out and I'm still maybe finding, su- well, that day I didn't really find success, but because you guys <laughs> took me to a three meter ground. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> hang on that's, that's my favorite place that after we found you because we thought you were dead to be honest actually i didn't really give a shit because i was more pissed off that the side of my mask had ripped open so i then spent the rest of that trip blowing water out of my mask and finding fish so that pretty place, eventful yeah that's really a, that does hold fish that place but um it's, and we, it's, you just like when um, skills taj you just don't know you know what mate. I'm just so used to diving like at least 10. I love I love deeper dives because it challenges yeah. me. It's not to me, it's not just about getting fish. It never is. Honestly, I've I've went so many times out diving deep and never caught a single fish. I just love challenging myself. Like even sometimes, for example, if I'm diving and I don't see fish, I'm like, okay, there's no fish. I've got the timer. I relax and I just wait and I see how far can i push myself like mm. what 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 times can i reach what breath hold can i reach um and i just look straight ahead and i stay at the bottom and just kind of like zone out and i love it i just love to challenge myself so it's not just about the fish that's why when i dive really shallow waters like two three meters obviously they hold fish that i've seen like i've seen you guys and some people from you know, spearfishing pages and stuff here. They've got huge bass, huge bass, like on just three meter, two meter waters. Yeah. But to me, it's 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 not that's not that interesting. It's just not enough of a challenge. So mm. I love to you know, you know the... kind of push myself. You know what's the easiest way? You know what's the easiest way to annoy stars, right? You take you take you take him diving. You tell him, yeah, yeah, it's a good spot, it's a good spot. And then when you get there, you just go scallop diving the whole time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In like Mate. four meters. <laughs> you know what? There's there's nothing more satisfying than spearing a fish. If if you want to hunt something. I, I mean, I like getting scallops and that, but I would never, if it wasn't for you guys, I would never go on a dive just to get scallops. I would never. Yeah. But I go because I like the company and I enjoy it with you guys, you know. And and like for example, I've never had a lobster yet because I never ever look for them, you know. Yeah. I, I never look yeah. for crabs. Um, uh, I've seen some, but I've never taken them. But 
you know. Oh, I can guarantee I, I that this summer's going to be good. You, you yeah. and I have been speaking sort of in messenger in the background about me trying to, because I, I really want to be able to do similar to you in that I want to be able to do the the full range um you know and and do things like the 20 25 meters or go you know go and smash an 18 meter wreck and not even think about it mm. um so this you summer know, mate, now with the got, boat it's going to be amazing you've got you've got the capacity to do it like mm. obviously you're a tall guy not mentally you've got, you definitely have big lungs like you should reach good numbers and re- good depths cuz the problem is you just say Okay, I'm 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 gonna stay. No, no, no. I'll be the boaty. I'll I'll, I'll drive. Uh, you know, like, no, no. because he doesn't Again, trust anyone. You need to that. jump in. Not a fucking chance. My I love my boat. My boat is mine. You ain't fucking driving it. <laughs> no, we, we were talking to um. I can't remember who we were talking to. Somebody was it Matt Hunt about boat ethics. Um, and again, it's, I think it's just trying to make sure that everybody knows how to use the boat. Um, and that day that we were out when I think it was in Torquay, no, it wasn't, it was somewhere, but you were on the boat. It might have been, it might have been Cornwall and my boat was just, the battery was starting to play up and that was my biggest concern. It wasn't necessarily that, you know, that that I was concerned about you or anything else. It was more like the battery's playing up and I don't trust it at the moment. Um, And I love you, Tony, but if Tony gets stuck on the boat, I don't really mind. (laughs) I don't want you stuck on the boat though. Um, So yeah, love you, Tony. Um, But no, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's just making sure that people know how to boaty and stuff. Um, oh, but no, this, this, um, this summer's going to be I mean, I've amazing. used boats, but obviously the battery issue, if there's an issue, you are def- you know your boat more than anyone. So it's, Yeah, it's yeah. No, like, I, I mean, the, the, that that spot that we went to at Cornwall, where we were with uh, Sam oh Seeley, the mate. bearded Spiro, and Tony Sykes, um, I yeah. regret not Shout getting in the water. Shout out to the lads. Yeah, I, I, I should have been diving next to you, and <laughs> I think I would have pushed down to the 20, um, but it was just, yeah, there was, it was the first. Real I, there was fish. Years, I was shooting fish at 15. So there was, it wasn't just 20, but I did spear a few, a couple fish at 20 and 18. And, and they I were got, bloody good sized fish too. They were really good. And the coalies were good. Um, mm. There was a lot, there was shoals of coalies, mate, and good sizes. Um, like the thing is with me, if you want to dive with me, mate, I'll take good care of you. I've, I had a friend in Lebanon. Um, I got him into spearfishing. He, he was number one in Tripoli. There's a city called Tripoli. He was the mm. number one swimmer in Tripoli. And I still beat him. Sorry if you're listening to this, mate, but I beat <laughs> you when you were number one at, in Tripoli. And I, I beat cool you in a 50 meter swim, mate. So, um, but I taught him and I got him into spearfishing. And he, we bought the equipment everything nice gun we got the butcher 110 115 he bought that was his first gun if you can believe it or not and we went and he was really good like he learned so quickly it was one summer where we he reached 20 meters like it's insane in one summer Mm. and we dove again the the year after and he blacked out twice on the same day with me, Oof, and geez. and 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 I saved his life twice. Um, Why? If he listens to this, he'll remember this. So what happened was he was diving at twenty meters, and I noticed, and I told him, "You're staying way above your limit. I know what you can, how long you can hold your breath. I know what you can withstand. 
and you don't need to dive as deep as me. But where I was diving, I had a stringer full of groupers. He had not a single fish, so he wanted to dive that depth. And he has dived it a few times before, and he's reached that depth and with not bad timing, you know. But that day, he went down, and as he was going up maybe two meters below the surface, mm. I saw his eyes roll, and he started sinking. So I grabbed him from his shoulder, from his armpits, pulled him up, and he was like, there's a grouper down there, Taj, go down there, there's a grouper. <laughs> like, mate, you just passed out, right? You just blacked out, and you need to relax, breathe, lie on your back, breathe, just relax. He was like, no, 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 there's a fish, go, go. I'm like, no, mate, stop diving. That's it, done for the day. Like, you yeah, can't dive again. Yeah. He was like, no, I'm okay, blah, blah, blah. So I kept an eye on him. And after maybe a few more dives, it happened again. I was like, right, come on, stop it. I shouldn't have let you continue diving from the beginning. So we went out. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, when you, especially if you're not used to it all the time, mate, you can black out at three meters. You never know. It, it happens. It's happened to people. Mm. Do you do you Especially get contractions? You no. What What do you mean by contractions? So a contraction. Um, a lot of people get. I, I've not experienced. Oh, do I yet. get contractions? Yes. Okay. No. I no. Like within my chest, right? Yeah. It, so the know? contraction is your diaphragm giving you the urge to breathe. So normally, a lot of people will get it. I think Rich, you say you get okay. it after like forty seconds. Um, yeah. But it's where your diaphragm uh, mm, 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 mm. spasms into yeah. your lungs to give you that urge to breathe. And it normally happens once every couple of seconds, every three seconds, once you get to a certain CO2 level, and that's your urge to breathe. 100%. Do you get them? Yes, I've, I've, I've had them before. Now I know what you mean. Sorry, I didn't know what you were referring yeah, to. Yeah. But yeah, I've had them. And what Especially sort of, do practicing. you get them regularly? So like when we were in Cornwall, do, do, you know, no. you, you're holding your breath for two and a half minutes. You've um, I don't get them regularly, but they might happen within a dive day. It definitely should happen if you're reaching like higher, you know, if your apnea is quite high and you're reaching your limits, it will happen. Mm. I don't, it should happen, I think. And that's, that doesn't necessarily mean you're out of breath. Sometimes it's, it happens at one minute. That doesn't necessarily oh, mean you're out of yeah. breath. Yeah, that's it's, the it's urge to your breathe. Body, it's the urge to breathe, and it's also your body kind of, um, especially at the beginning, the first few dives that happens maybe, because mm. um, it, it's the change from breathing normally to holding your breath that might happen uh, in the first few dives when you're uncomfortable and your your lungs are not opened up and comfortable. So that's why I love the Wim Hof method because it prepares me for my dive. And then when I go in, I can dive at 15 and stay 145 seconds from my first dive, you know, for example, and reach uh, that. It's like a warm up, you know, it's a warm up, just prepares your chest for all of that, your lungs. But it does happen. Yeah, it's happened to me before. And specific, I notice it a lot when I'm outside the water trying to test my limits, like mm. after I do my Wim Hof practice and then I'm going for like what I like to do is start with like after my Wim Hof practice, I start two minutes. Then I rest, double that time, two and a half. Then I jump to three and a half. That's that's just what I do. You know, I just increase it slowly. And then last time I did four minutes, 31 seconds. And I definitely felt the contractions 100%. What, static? Yeah, yeah, static, static. So I've got a – this, this is the thing I don't understand about human anatomy. I've got a longer static breath hold than you. Yeah, it's, it's possible. But I don't – but you can dive – 
and hold your breath longer than me in the water. I just don't understand. So, my static's so, 532. It's because Taj's wetsuit isn't as tight as yours. That's, that's crazy, mate. <laughs> Fuck that's, off. That's insane. <laughs> now, to be honest, when I... Um, when and I, I smoke. Well, <laughs> that's probably I, why. All right, all right. Rub it in. <laughs> yeah, um, you're at number one now, it, bitch. <laughs> you know what i've never tested my uh limits um the last time i did it was seven years ago and my static breath hold was four minutes 14 seconds mm. and then i just did it recently after not diving in over two months and in seven years testing my static breath hold and it was four minutes 31 seconds mm. without diving or practicing and diving once a month maybe not even sometimes so nice. i think i think my I think my limit, my personally, my capacity that I can reach, I believe I can reach 5.30 or 6 if I practice and I'm diving constantly. I think mm. five minutes should be, com- I can reach that comfortably because when I reached four minutes, 31 seconds, I could do it five mm. minutes if I was diving more, if I was practicing more during that time. But I believe it's I can about, reach more than five minutes, but yeah. It's just about how, just, how relaxed you are, right? Like it, it's about, and that's yeah. Probably why you're, you're, your breath hold is less on the water. You're probably just less relaxed. Mm. You know, especially if you're it's not just that, it. it's his CO2. Uh, yeah, yeah. He can't withstand higher CO2 levels. So uh, I know. See, now there, uh, I was having a conversation with somebody the other, a uh, few months back about CO2 levels. Now, because I'm a smoker lifelong, um yeah. i would i would argue against it i would say that my lung capacity is smaller because of the fact that my lungs are full of tar and carbon and all of that shit but yeah, my that's... my body yeah. is used to having considerably more co2 or or mm. on the other side considerably mm. less oxygen because of the fact that i smoke so again yeah, there's that, like this remember, argument yeah but remember remember your o2 levels are decreased so mm. Your level of O2s, which make you hold your breath longer, are decreased. So it doesn't matter that your body has more CO2, but smoking, first of all, it it kind of clogs your lungs. It yeah, creates, oh God, yeah, yeah. It doesn't Reduce let you capacity. open up easy. It reduces the capacity. It doesn't let you open up easily. And your, your O2 levels are lower. That, like the amount you can take in and the amount that your lungs can process are probably less CO, uh, O2 levels. So, and I'd I'd love to get a, a, a proper different. scientist or a physician yeah, on for say. this argument because again, I mean, rationally, like, I would think that, but yeah, my O2 levels are probably lower because of the you know the the lung capacity and all of that, but my CO2 um, tolerance is considerably higher because my body is used to performing on less oxygen. Maybe yeah. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's a conversation for another time. But that's maybe again, it's just the, a, I was going to say maybe it's just remember. a drag of you going down with your big head that takes up a lot of oxygen well there's nothing i could do about it i mean i'm fucking perfect or it's him just uh you know just lying about his five minutes 31 seconds oh hey 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 don't stop with me man i was about to go into saying that i'm looking forward to this summer because one of the things i want to do with you really soon and i keep i should have thought about it sooner was actually I'd like to, when we go out on the boat next time, do a couple of dives with you where actually we're diving at the same time. So we're going down to, say, 18 metres. And like Ben was saying a second ago, I think my biggest issue is my anxiety. Same as Ben, I really don't like diving 
not being able to see the bottom. And even when we were in Cornwall the other day, I dove down to 13 metres and at 10 metres, I still couldn't see the bottom. And my head was going, nah, this is fucking deep. It's 13 metres. It's not fucking yeah. deep at all. It's not, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'd love to go um, down to like 18 or 20 with you and just be yeah. you know, parallel. So it's just, it, it, but you it know just, what it is. It's also, it's also your surface time. Like if you're breathing, it depends how you're breathing in. It depends on a lot of things. So we might dive next to each other. I might even come up before you. It depends mm. how comfortable I am at that. How do that you do dive. a breather? It depends, you know. How do you do your breather up? So before diving, right? Yeah. Or yeah. after diving? Like no, before, di- before diving. So you literally, you get prepared to go down to 20 yeah. meters. So for me, first of all, I have a constant and uh, breath breath intake and like exhaling constant. Relax my body, relax my arms, relax my legs, just wait it out. So normally I like to, my surface time, now you know a lot of people say different things, but it depends also the depth you dive in. When I'm diving deeper, I try to keep it like one and a half or double time, uh, double times my depth, my, my uh, downtime. Mm-hmm. So if I'm if I'm going down, let's say, and I stay two minutes, I try to rest for three, four minutes, three and a half. You know, it's not always the same, mm-hmm. and it also depends how anxious I am to go back down. You know, it's it's never constant. But to me, it's just breathing from my, kind of like my stomach up to the chest, and that cycle. You know, in the Wim Hof uh, video, that cycle, I do that even when I'm in the water. And so how, and then, how fast do you do that? Is that something that you're, you're doing quickly? Is it natural breathing or is it natural, sort of in natural, out full? Natural breathing. Until I'm about to dive, I take deep breaths, fast ex- exhales. So I exhale quickly. And as I inhale, I inhale slower. And I do three of them. That's what I'm comfortable with. You know, I can't, mm-hmm. I'm not talking for everyone. Or, yeah, there's yeah, a yeah. lot of people that have a lot of methods. But just before I go down and I duck dive I take three deep uh, inhales and three slow exhales well two if you're if the last one is your inhale and I take it in properly from the stomach to the lungs to the chest and I dive and you need the first thing you need to practice is your duck dive I know I mention it a lot but it's really important because in other locations if you go abroad and it's you know, different environment. A lot of fish. You'll miss a lot of fish with you, with just duck diving wrong. You know. Yeah, nice. Loads of really good information there. Right, we're going to stop fucking boring everybody with talking about <laughs> breathing and diving stuff. Um, we, in terms of fish, obviously you, you've dived all over the world. Um, what is the one fish you haven't caught that you is your prize? What, oh, what do you want lot. to catch? There's a lot I've not caught. What's but... your number one? My number one, marlin, black marlin. Marlin? Yeah, that's a fish I would love to get, mate. Mate, you're fucking it's, insane. It's a marlin <laughs> and then a doggy. Doggy after that. So or oh, we, got, actually, we got dogfish in Exmouth. <laughs> <Do you? laughs> yeah, you mean dogtooth dog tuna? Dogtooth tuna, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you say doggies, it's dogtooth dog tuna, mate. Nah, or yellow, doggies yellow is dogfish in Exmouth. um but i would love i actually would like a yellow tuna more because they just grow bigger so yellowfin 
Yellowfin tuna, yeah. We get but them in the UK. Number one would be, I know. Uh, I can't wait to see them. And you know, you know. no, I'm joking. Mm. I'm joking. <laughs> no, so ye- yellowfin is legal to spear in the UK. Wait, is it? Yep. You're not allowed to spear bluefin. Bluefin. Ah, okay, okay. So you can spear yellowfin. There was some seen last summer in Plymouth, um, as well as albacore, be... which is their small, yeah. really, really fast cousins. Fins. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, you can you can shoot a, blue, a yellowfin, but you just need to have the gear the prepared. I've got the gear. I've got three big guns now because I'm ordering uh, my aim right. You know. Yeah, but I don't know if my. Was, I'm, was, are you going to sink my fucking boat? May I was going <laughs> to. No, no, no. Don't worry, mate. I was going to bring up your aim right, mate. Um, What's that, Mister Dalek? So you're in that now. thing. Looks insane. <laughs> oh, is it really bad? Can you repeat <laughs> that? Can you say can that you again, that? Rich? disconnected probably. Um, yeah no is it there? oh no there is he is trash i was just gonna say your your gun that you got for main right mate do you want to tell us a bit about that because that looks epic so unfortunately i've not received it yet but shout out to aim right man it's an amazing custom gun it's the blue dragon scale pattern on it it's the hydro dipping they hydro dip it and... have you boys seen it no sorry i was just saying no. the boys seen so... it is, I'll, I'll post it when I get it. I'll yeah, post it when so I get good. it. It's it's yeah. 135. I think it's just the barrel, and then with the muzzle and the handle, it's 160. Is it the same one that wet mammals got? Yeah, but yeah, but it's a different pattern on it. So these right, are custom nice. made. I think they're they're just out for a short amount of time. So Ooh, very uh, nice. I when I saw it, I contacted Dame right, and uh, I spoke to the guy, and he was so nice. He replied to me. I think it's Travis. His name is. The mm. owner and he replied to me on instagram and he was like done mate i've got it for you i've sorted it out and uh, i managed to put my logo on it too so hydro dipped logo so yeah i just can't wait to get it oh, and nice. that's specifically that's specifically for blue water hunting and i got it as a slip tip so yeah it's ready for the, the yellow fins big fish. ready mate i've got i've got if the you, uh, if... i've got the orca 120 which you can shoot huge fish with too and i've got the rife marauder or whatever you call it i don't know how to pronounce it but that's yeah, how nice but very yeah, nice that's what happens when you're obsessed with guns <laughs> mate if there's anything i love buying it's not cars it's not that it's not this it's guns mate spear guns and equipment nice and fi- it, final story that i've heard um on the grapevine uh, you were you were part of the british spearfishing association national competitions the uk uh national competitions <laughs> What's this about? I hear you. It was last you, summer. Yeah, last summer you caught a fish that you were going to weigh in that would have weighed really, really well. And then what happened? You know to what? That now, fish? now I now I regret it because I didn't know that points and stuff would, you know, they affect your status in the UK. But I would have because um, now I think Daniel Mann he posted in BSA that there's a Spanish uh, tournament yeah, world no, championship. That was me, that was me posting. <laughs> oh, is that you? Yeah, yeah. So I know there's like 20 top competitors that you need to choose from, but I was going to reply to that email and be like, I'd love to go if there's no one in the end that was picked out of the 20 or no one wants to go. So I'd love to go there. But, you know, that depends. I'll put, on numbers, I'll put in a good word for you. Yeah, if you can put a good word, that would be awesome, mate. I'll, I'll, I'll get you a name right. I'll, I'll speak. I'll speak to the chairman of the uh, the BSA. He's a bit of a dick. Um, yeah, he's a bit tall, dick. and uh, yeah, he smokes, and he's uh, he's got a boat. He's got a massive cock, though. 
So yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but hang on, hang on. You're trying. You're trying to avoid the fucking question I okay, asked yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. That where did yeah. the Pollock go? So I got. I don't know how big it was. I can't remember. It was good it was size. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> I was diving that day. You know what? I was diving mostly at 17, 18 meters. The guys on the boats, they were telling me, you know, I've caught a huge fish here. I saw nothing, mate. They were like, there's so much red mullet here. There's this and that. When I was diving and they were on the boat, they were like, you're in a good location. And I was the only one at that depth. Probably there was another guy who was diving diving a bit further, like a, a bit further towards um, a shallower side. But I was the only one at that depth and I could see only my float. And the guys were like, you're going to get some like big fish. I saw nothing, nothing. And it was good conditions, like not a single bass, nothing. And if, uh, in the end, on my way back at around seven meters, I, I was down and I saw this big pollock coming from behind me. So I just turned the gun and just shot, speared it. And it turned out to be quite big, but that was the only fish I got that day. I felt like, uh, you know, I felt bad. <laughs> but and, and, I came so- out. Yeah. Eventually, I'm coming to the end of the story. I came out and I had this fish, and I, I was just waiting so long for it to be weighed. And I was like, ah, oh, it's not even, it's just one fish. The other guys caught like, I don't know, 10 freaking, uh, what you call them, uh, trigger fish. I'm like, I'm not even going to place anywhere. So I just gave it to one of the guys that's uh, weighing the fish. I was like, do you want this fish? You know, I've got pollock there. And I didn't see the guys. There was Richard and Ben. Ben, were you there? Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There was Richard and Ben. And I saw them afterwards, after they, I gave the fish away, because I would have given it to you guys. But yeah, uh, that's the story. <laughs> where was it? Was this Big Bree National? Shallowbrae. Where was it? Where was it? Shallowbrae, uh, yeah. 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 And do you know what the thing is? Yeah. I don't know the locations, so I don't know where to go. So I was like, no one's going deep. I'll go deep, see what there is out there. Maybe I can catch something big. But yeah, no, like I saw, I saw, I saw you in the, um, in the burger shop after. That's when I met you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember now. Christ, Jesus. You gave a fucking Pollock away. Jesus Christ. (laughs) That'll be the last time you do that at a national. How many points was it? Was it depending on the weight or is it just one Pollock? Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's weight. Um, It's weight. Yeah, yeah. So, you, you, but I mean, going on anyway. the way that the competitions caught yeah. last year, if it was a decent Pollock, you you might come in the top twenty-five. Um, I think there was about fifty-two competitors and only thirty-seven placed. So, yeah, yeah. But no, I know there's not a lot of people that know me here, but I would like to meet obviously a lot of the listeners, um, and you know, just meet a lot of people and go to more competitions. To be honest, and uh, yeah, that, that's my plan for this year. So whenever I'm here, hopefully, just uh, go to more competitions, show face, meet people, and yeah, maybe eventually at some point go to the championship. Maybe that would be awesome. That'd be great. Well, we'll, 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 we'll talk about that after. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll speak to Dan. <laughs> but um, yeah, well, no, thank it. you very much, Taj, for coming on. It's been an absolute Thanks. pleasure. You're a, you, Thank you so much, you're a, lads, you're a legend awesome. and a fucking experienced and very good Spiro. Um, By the you, way, a lot of respect for you guys. Like, uh, it's awesome how much your podcast is progressing. Like, I'm keeping a good eye on on the page and what you guys are doing. It's amazing. Especially, I think it's the only one in the UK, right? Am I wrong? What? Uh, what I think there's a couple that are going on at the moment, couple, but, but thanks, dude. I, I mean, from, from no lot. help from yeah. Rich. Rich really is no kind help, of yeah. a bit of a hindrance. <laughs> On the podcast, at the moment. I know he, he, he pulls you guys down, he pulls you down, <laughs> uplifting you. I know him. 
<laughs> Poor guy can barely <laughs> talk nah, just today. Joking, just joking. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he rips it out of me when I'm not even fucking here to defend myself. So he's getting <laughs> nothing help with help. Taj, you know what I call these oh, two yeah, part-time podcasters, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. They, just show they, they just show up. They just show up with BSA their... committee members. <laughs> they just show yeah, up I mean... with their two pretty faces, and then I mean now fancy he's the chairman, mics. So we... You know, I mean, now he's the chairman, so we might be bringing a few people to watch it, but I, nobody likes him, so I don't know why. <laughs> no, I'm joking, I'm joking. I'm joking. Perfect. <laughs> no, if, well, anything, if anything, we get more people listening to us because they hate Anthony, and they, I know, you don't, probably. the people that listen to you the most are your haters, an actual fact. You you, wow. you had a few, wow. uh, yeah, I remember last summer, you had a few encounters with some people, but yeah, I don't want to talk about The drum was amazing. It's Ben's We're, turn this year. With, with, oh, yeah. I'm staying out of it. I'm Switzerland. <laughs> We're looking forward to uh, getting a vegan non-fisher person. Um, oh. a, a, what is it? A fisher them. A fisher them. Fisher them. Have you seen that? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, what is that man doing? Oh. Like, I'm ready. I'm ready for the asteroid now. Just I, yeah, either just, he's on too many drugs, or they need to put him on drugs. Like yeah. one of those two things, but um, no, thanks again, to Taj. Go spearfishing to understand that there's no fish of them, <laughs> yeah, exactly. A fish doesn't give a shit what you are, but yeah. um, no, we um, look forward to uh, spearing with you and diving with you again this yeah, summer. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And by um, the way, you ghosted me. How dare you? Who did? Who did? All three of us, you specifically, me, <laughs> yeah, you. how did I ghost you? <laughs> no. No, it's not a big deal, mate. I'm just joking. But um, no, but I how did you, I? Well, I messaged you to go out spearfishing, and you didn't reply. You heard the recording, and you didn't bat an eye at me. How dare oh, you? No, it's <laughs> you. You being a good-looking bloke should know how I treat women. You treat you me. Want to be and and keen. <laughs> I've got to treat you mean, otherwise you won't be keen. You, you know. Want me to chase you? Is that what you? I need? do want you to chase me, Taj. Honestly, I do. Listen, uh, I'll. Uh, I'll let you use the aim right when it's he on a Pollock. How about that? Nah, it'll, it'll be great. It'll be, <laughs> Nothing uh, left of the Pollock, mate. <laughs> I know, yeah. I know. <laughs> like I a know, bazooka. <laughs> no, thanks again, Taj. Much appreciated. Thank the you. only thing I would just, I do not want your nickname this summer being Captain Fucking No Float. So keep your float with you. <laughs> hey, I'm always using your float. What do you mean? Yeah, exactly. Your float, mate. Exactly. I've got your float. I'm safe. As long as, as long as you attach your gun to the front of my boat, I'll let you shoot all the yellow fins you want. Listen, mate, if you take me to a uh, to spearfish yellow fin tuna, um, I don't know what I'll do. I'll I'll give you yeah. a you know no I won't but you know. yeah reach around no, that's good that's no, uh, well honestly keep keep your phone like close to you during summer because if i hear anything on social media about yellowfin it will be a case of we will be leaving within minutes to go Just and get in the shout, water. so Just yeah give me a shout and i'm ready no it's been awesome to have know. you on how's the weather soon raining shit uk horrible right. wind well, yeah, let's do the Cornwall thing again when when you're all got when you're all free and the weather's good. Let's go back there. Yeah, yeah we will. Yeah, get some Catch fish. You soon, buddy. <laughs> awesome, right, guys. Cheers, Charles. Catch you soon. Cheers, Thanks mate. so much. Appreciate it. Keep it up. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, mate. Cheers, bye. Man. Bye, mate. Sweet. Yeah, that was a good episode, wasn't it, guys? Yeah. Yeah, really cool. Really good. Loads of information. 
Good old um, Aquaman. Yeah, still a fucking liability. Bless him. <laughs> <laughs> it does make me look forward to the summer and like seeing some real progression. Like yeah, the story yeah. about how he's doing like an extra few meters every year it does make me wonder, like, you know, what, what we'll be doing this year. Because I feel like the last couple of years, you know, all of us, including you, Rich, although you've been doing it a couple of years more than us, have have made some real progress. So yeah, well excited for uh, what's about to happen in the next few months. I'm, I'm I'm just stoked for our session with uh, David Mellon, man. That's gonna yeah, be that's really, gonna be cool. Yeah, really cool. That's gonna When's be that? Sort of, uh, 16th of June, I think. It is. Hang on, my calendar. Is it in the? Is it in my calendar though? <laughs> probably, probably not. On, May June. Be a miracle uh, if it is. Yeah, so that that'll be a really good session, and um, hopefully we can you know test out some depths and be safe while doing it. Okay, I'm yeah, in well, June's thing, calendar. Yeah. Um no. What date? <laughs> <laughs> Send me the date because at the moment June's like I'm I haven't got anything on in June at all. We'll we'll loop you in, mate, don't worry. Yay. We'll think about it. The uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to that, man. That's gonna be uh, awesome. Getting some real good uh honing techniques and stuff like that. That's gonna be awesome. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah and sure. are we all doing the competition this year? You you're not Anthony, are you? So nope. I'm gonna do safety. Cool. <laughs> Excuse me. Um yeah, I'm gonna do uh support boat. Um just yeah, I'll I'll be in the water so much this year. I think the fact yeah. that I've got a decent enough boat and um the ability to use it for for each event is uh, gonna be way more fun, I think. Awesome, I'm definitely mate. competing, mate. Good. Yeah, can't I wait, can't wait to shoot. Can't wait to shoot those rats. <laughs> no, <laughs> any rats you shoot, you need to give up anymore. the support boat so that I can make uh, it in ceviche. Yeah, I'm ready to play a bit. <laughs> I would try, try and level up a bit this year. <laughs> right. Well, we'll catch you again on the next one, lads. Awesome. Great episode again. Good to be back, and uh, hopefully yeah, we to won't. See you guys. We aren't going to miss anything. See you next week. Cheers, lads. Good night.